It's the Lakeland Sports Guys, Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. Stan Spivey joining us as well. Coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, where it is a Monday. You get the cheeseburger special going on today with fries or your choice of potato salad, the pasta salad, all those good choices to go along with it. So come on in, bring your friends as well as we sit down every Monday and Thursday here about 2.30. And we'll uh, discuss all kinds of topics in and around the Lakelands. Uh, luckily today, we got a lot of the Masters that happened. A lot of things happening down there. Congratulations uh, to uh, John Rahm and what he was able to do. Big game for him. Phil Mickelson had a huge day as well, so we'll dive into all of that and also get into uh, Gamecock basketball, baseball uh, as well as Tiger baseball, what happened there in and around. And then I've got something that kind of ties in baseball-wise along with Masters-wise. I don't know if you saw it or not, but there's a, a single-A team up in Michigan, and he kind of did his little John Nance play-by-play <laughs> play to the Masters, and I'll play that for you guys here in a little bit. So did you, you did you hear see. about did you hear about the Chattanooga? I don't forgot it was a Chattanooga team and another one of those uh, kind of along the Savannah Bacon mm-hmm. and, and all that. They won the ball game. No, yeah, they won the ball game seven-five. No hits. The other team no hit them. And Chattanooga still won the ball game seven five. Wow! <laughs> and the guy <laughs> that was your bananas, by the way. And and, and and one of the guys was read, read out the the box score of like an inning and said, you know, start off walk walk out, hit by pitch, walk run run scored, you know, goes on. <laughs> oh, and then we have a a base hit that re, uh, a hit the batter actually hit the ball, but there was a two base error committed on it and then they you know finally they scored five runs in one inning with no hits wow <laughs> that ties in with our game thursday basically because unless you walked how many yeah, and hit how walked, many yeah they walked, they walked four and hit four so that's eight on base guys right there just on two on the walks and the hit players and like you said that was one of the, maybe rock wise who commented on our post yeah. that mm-hmm. I put on about the game. And that's what it was, hit batters and, and walks. And you score runs that way too, man. That's what I'm saying. Pitching yeah. has everything to do with it. And that was a big win for the Gamecocks because it helped us eventually, I guess, you know, split series. But well, we, we gave the next we blew one it. to them. We gave, we gave the Friday <laughs> game to them. But the same thing, we had bases. You know, we got a lot of walks. We got hit by pitch. We got wild pitches. I mean, everything was going our way till we get to the top of the eighth. And then we started doing what they were doing to us. We started walking them. <laughs> but I tell you what I liked about that one game. You had a player that's been playing balls out, a Petrie kid. He stepped up. He said, well, when they needed my hit, he said, my mindset wasn't right. I just stepped out of the box. It has a lot to do with them trying to, you know, just new clock yeah. and all. And he said, it's on me. He said, because I, I took a strike I shouldn't have took, and I should have hit the ball. And he said, I'll take responsibility for that. He said, you can say whatever you want to say. but And then the other guy said, oh, you won it the game before anyway with your home run. So I, I like accountability, and that's yeah. something that I am seeing now that, that coach is down there now with, with Kingston. So. Well, you're talking about the pitch clock. One thing my son and I were talking about over the weekend was um, the advantages. You know, is it really speeding the game up, blah, blah, blah. We talk, you know, does it give the pitcher advantage? Does it give the hitter advantage? What? And – but the one thing that we both came to the conclusion was it don't give them people any difference. The one it's giving, making a difference to, and we're, it's going to be interesting to see over a season how many stolen bases. Oh, yeah. Get. 
because now you're standing <laughs> at first. You're looking at the pitch clock. And you know when he's, he's got to throw it. He's got five seconds to get the ball out of his hand. You might take a chance and take off at five. He might catch it in his eye and the ball probably go to the backstop. Or he the ball's left up in the zone or something and the header just waylays it. But it it looks like it's gonna be more of an advantage in my just watching the game to the base runners. I'll agree with that. I'm seeing I've seen that in the majors already. Yeah, so yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what also hurts is because now and it shouldn't hurt because how many officials do you have out there? How many re- I mean, umpires do you have on the field? Because like, you got right field, left field lines. For some reason, home plate thinks it's his job to worry about that pitch count, and it shouldn't be. He's got a he's got his own big enough job to worry about other than that clock. Well, well he's got to worry about the batter being in the yeah. box too, right? And that's what what caught Petru was yep. he wasn't in the box and ready. Well, my my question is. What do you consider outside the box and what do you consider in the box? Now, both feet got to be in the, I can, in the box. If I got both feet in the box and I got my bat on my shoulder, even I may not be ready. You can't just, you now, know. The rule reads yeah, both feet in the box. In the box. So. And, but how long does that box last? What's the first thing they do? They kick, the, unless you on AstroTurf, <laughs> they're, they're kicking the dirt out of the way. Yeah. That's what we do, man. And we got to yeah, position everything, yeah. and then we got to, you know, do the glove ten yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. You're you're taking away from my rhythm as a baseball player. I mean, I, I used to get in. I used to dig my feet in like I was fixing to play tug of war or something. You know, glove on off, on off. You know, wipe what you know, wipe your face, get dirt all over you. I mean, it's but the officiating's also. I, I don't think that's a home plate job. I, I think you need. Maybe your first base umpire sees that clock and he's in control of it more than the home plate guy is. If he needs to be, get home plate's attention, he can. Yeah. So that, that's one thing that'll be worked on. I mean, it's a brand new system in both and, college and, and, and pro. And, and I mean, it's being questioned by coaches a lot of calls when they're when they're calling the the ball for because the pitcher didn't deliver or the strike because the batter wasn't ready. You're seeing coaches come out of the dugout and say, "Wait a minute." Were you a second early on that, or didn't he have the foot in before the clock went to zero? There's, you know. Can I review when, it? That's, when, when, that's when, the key, and that's what. Yeah. Uh, can we review it? Yeah, and I mean, when does the battery? When does the pitcher release the ball? With one second left on the clock, he might go into his motion with one second. And he's releasing, but. I thought it was. Isn't it just the knee has to be in motion, or is it, it the pitch has to be released by one? It's. I think it's the knee. But I'll tell you one. One manager is not in favor of this thing so far, and that's your Braves. Snicker is not a happy camper it. about it. <laughs> He's like, look. He said you already got incompetent officials, which I'm going to be fine for. Now I got to. They got to have something else that they already can't do what they're supposed to do anyway. Oh, he was all over it the other night, so it'll be. You <laughs> <laughs> the same one I did. Are, are they doing? Well, let me ask. Maybe y'all. Might know the answer. I'm, I'm going to throw a question out there. Maybe somebody can let us know. Uh, are these rules being followed at softball level? I don't think like they have to. They don't have to softball, softball this fast at, enough. At, at college softball, are, are they saying, you know, pitcher, you've got to be into your motion? A batter, you've got to be in the box? Well, I, mean, I don't know if the rule, you know. Where the rules stand? I, I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't know. I mean, here's the deal with the girls. When if you watch Carolina or Clemson girls softball, 
that there's no hesitation anyway. They yeah, get in, they, the, they get in the box, they stance, they're ready, and they throw the ball. Yeah. They there's a women's softball game, and I noticed it at Lander, for instance. I'm gonna use that Lander. That Lander softball game, the baseball can start at the same time, and they're throwing an hour. Yeah, baseball may go three. I don't know that it's speeding up the game. To be honest with you, you may you may drop fifteen minutes a game here or there. I mean, that's a lot when you're talking about a two or three hour sit. Yeah. Because um, I used to hate going to ball. I, I used to hate going to Fulton County and some of the other ones watching Braves, and because of that weight, it was just such a long day in the heat during the summer during the summer months. But I don't know if it's speeding it up, but I think it's going to help. And I think as long as fans see something positive coming through, I think they're going to be fine with it. It's another one of these things we're going to tweak. But I hope it doesn't come down to where you have to have a review with the officials on everything going on. Yeah. That's my only concern. Yeah, the only thing in women's softball that I see as far as the rule changes this year is the amount of time between innings. It went from two minutes to 90 seconds. Okay. So, on so there you go. Field. So that, that's it. Other than that, they don't, have field, a, yeah. they don't have a, a pitch clock or anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, they don't need one, trust me. Like I said, college softball games over pretty fast. <coughs> but they only play seven minutes, too. So. That's true. You're right. You know. That's live. I mean, live softball there. So. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of softball, how about the Tigers? Uh, they end up getting swept by the Seminoles, number four versus this number six uh, Florida State in this one. And um, Tigers now fall thirty-seven and four overall, twelve and three in the ACC to go along with this. And um, you know, all, all kinds of weird things just seem to happen when they <laughs> when they were playing Florida State, and sometimes that just happens in your own ballpark. Florida State's the ACC team that always goes to the College World Series. They're a solid softball team. Um, here's here's the one thing I want to say about Clemson softball this year. It's a brand new sport. How many years? Three years? Four years old? Mm-hmm. Three, I think. Three years old. Had they be another team, they would be number one in the country right now. Oklahoma's thirty three and one. They got beat this past weekend. They were undefeated until this weekend. So now Clemson's right there, would be right there with them. If they weren't a brand-new program, Clemson would be in the top, and they are in the top five, and they're ranked four. They would be one or two. It's that simple. But Oklahoma State, Florida State, Oklahoma, who else is it? Stanford, UCLA, Stanford, yeah, all, all, um, yeah. Texas, Arkansas, Georgia, they're all up there. And they, Alabama, um, I know Alabama is, is usually one of the, AC, the SEC teams. So, Well, what hurts – what makes this series sweep even worse is that it's the ACC, and it, now you're three three games down. You are, and, and that's trying rival. to get to that number one, and and that's a rival game. You may not you you know do you see them in a tournament? Okay, but you're probably not going to see Florida State till you get to Omaha. You know you're not going to see Tennessee till you get to Omaha. You, uh, I doubt very – you know, there. I guess anything can happen with the regionals and the super regionals. You might see one of them in a super regional, but you know. I don't know how softball see. works for, a, for the ACC yeah. tournament. I know AC does round robin in baseball, yeah, which could know. be that case. But, but I mean, I'm you just might saying, see them in even ACC if you get games. through the tournament, yeah. well, let's, let's just exclude the ACC tournament. The, the teams that have beat you this mm-hmm. year, you're not going to see again until you get to Omaha, quite possibly. And and but you know how many and this goes back how many ranked teams has both teams played you know has Clemson being a young program you know they may not have played but four or five ranked teams whereas Florida State being an established program you know going out and playing and scheduling better teams 
into within mm-hmm. as opposed and it it takes time to build those schedules and we've always said that you know the only way you're going to get better is to play better teams and it doesn't matter whether I have to come to you or you come to me I want to play the best who's the best that I can get on the schedule right now and that's what Clemson is probably fighting right now and Hopefully, as the years go down the road, they'll be able to pick up more of these out-of-conference games where they play a full three-game series with a Tennessee or an Alabama or Georgia uh, instead of just a one-game, you know, midweek game to get you through to your next one. Well, like baseball, softball the same way that you got four ranked teams in the ACC, so you're going to play them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going out and playing UCLA or Oklahoma. they're not doing that yet because they're a no. new team. Right. Um, I, I don't know who their midweek games are because I just don't. Nope. South Carolina this week. Um, yeah. They had Furman. and they've already played the game cost one time. Uh, one time. So. Yep. Uh, Charlotte, UNCG, uh, Bryant. But see, you don't see any numbers in front of any Gardner of those. Webb, Tennessee was midweek. Well, that would have been a number in front yeah. of that one. Well, we but were ranked when we played them, probably, and they beat us. May have been. I think we were ranked. Season, yeah. it may have been. We might have we're been. We're not 22, ranked this time. Twenty-three, but, no. Right. But that's what I'm getting at, and it's, uh, I don't know. It, it may, in my opinion, it makes a difference. But the only team I don't see on here is usually North Carolina girls softball. Duke's up there, and North Carolina's not. But BT's there. So you think know, of, the think VT's about, the last series of the year. Think so. about VT and, and the sport, every sport they played this year. They had been solid. Now girls softball, you add to it, and the baseball team's ring. So and it's at VT this year. So. Last for a well, and there you go. That's 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 your road trip. That's going to get you that. Anytime you get away, what's the name of the facility at Clemson? Does it got a name yet? I'm sure it does. Yeah, where's B Rat? Because they all got a name. <laughs> and it, anytime you can get out of that facility and play, you know, even though it's a brand new facility, and it, it, look, I, I have been by it. It's a pretty stadium, um, a lot like, you know, Landers, and they spent a good bit of money trying to get it ready to go. But uh, like I said, ACC is there in baseball and in softball. So your, your usual baseball teams, same conferences are showing up for softball for the girls, too. So. Parody, I guess we call that, right? Stan, uh, parody. I have a bit of it. <laughs> so, all right. So we'll follow along. They got uh, Georgia coming up uh, tomorrow night. That's so going to be a big ball game. Be a, a huge and one. See if we can ba- see if they can bounce back from a series sweep. Yeah. And play. I don't know if Georgia's ranked, but they're a quality team. That's eight. the type. That's they're the eight. type people. <laughs> yeah, that's the type games they need to be playing. They're ranked um, eight. Is that home or away? At Georgia. It's at Georgia, yeah. yeah. They got a bunch of away games in. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see a lot from that game. So, we'll And it comes into what we talked about whenever it all started. Who's going to be better in, in baseball or softball, Carolina or Clemson? Which one is going to be? Our baseball team is doing pretty good. Clemson's done a little bit of a slide under Eric Bakich, which I didn't think would happen. But Well, and they're young. That's they their are young. issue right mm-hmm. now. How many freshmen and sophomores came over? From Michigan, not allowed, you know, let alone the uh, recruits that Michigan had that came in. So he brought know, three with we've him. We've got a lot of freshmen <laughs> and sophomores that are. Well, up and there. I think he's but Monty brought two or three with him too. I, yeah. I think he's had a, a few issues with some arms and, uh, you know, Injured that reserves they weren't there. really. The number one pitcher right now may not have been his number one pitcher going in, and so now we got to get those guys healthy. And get them back out on the mound, and uh, it, it's more important, I think, in college baseball. I mean, it's important in the big leagues too. But college baseball, good pitching, a lot of times will beat good hitting. 
Buckle down right there real quick, because that's what Carolina's doing right now. We don't have any injuries on the pitching mound. Pretty much hit the wood over there for me. <laughs> there you go. Everybody hit it. I could turn around myself. That's one place I can say that's been a change this year at Carolina baseball. We don't have the, the lingering injuries around that we have had the last two or three years. Well, now, we did lose our second baseman, well, who was our lead off hitter, which that makes a big difference. In, in uh, you know, now, all of a sudden, you're having to move people around and – you know, the guy you're putting in probably is not going to have the stick that this guy had. Well, it won't have the stick. You but. know, so. But hopefully he'll be back before we get too deep. What did it say? A month, month and a half is what it was? Something like that. Six, eight weeks, yeah. So, and, but then when he comes back, is he going to be really healthy enough to go? As a player, what you say is if, you, if you're lucky enough to get moved up because of an injury, you just go ahead and tell him. He ain't coming back to this role, buddy, because I got it the rest of the year. When you come back, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, one of the big things I see for Carolina, though, is the middle relief pitching and just how good it has been. Usually there's a little slide off, but for an inning or two, right now Carolina's nailing it. Oh, they're rolling. Well, well you, look at, you look at the number of pitchers, and, and this is what you look at with college. You look at the midweek games, see who they're playing. Mm-hmm. See who the starting pitcher is. Who's the number two guy coming in? And you look at that North Carolina game where they shut them out. I I think Carolina threw something like seven pitchers. Now, a lot of those after the starter and all were just like one in in each. Mm -hmm. But every one of those guys, freshman, sophomore, freshman, sophomore, freshman, sophomore, that's building for next year. It is. And and this is against the number 13 team in the nation that – it's a midweek game, and Nathan Davis is the top pitcher on but, that team that pitched. You, you, and you want you want to play them, and you want to beat them because that those midweek games help your positioning or whatever you want to call it for the year. I mean, yeah, the pressure's on come SEC weekend. I mean, when you got oh, we got to go to Vanderbilt this weekend. Yeah, that'll so be fun. Let, let's go up there and hope we can get two out of three. At least win one, you know. Uh, it'd be great to have a sweep, but is it going to happen? Probably not. But uh, well, you take two or three. Yeah. You take two you or three. Take, you take two, two or three, three. You'd be happy, and you'd be happy, and you'd move right on. And then you know you look at who your next midweek is, and and but you never know. You get later in the season, one of those guys that might have pitched that what's his name, Geronimich or whatever it is. You, one of them's got more syllables and vowels <laughs> he's from the charlotte area so mm-hmm. naturally he's gonna be your starter well he gave him a couple of good innings so you know you might get down toward tournament time and well we need to rest a pitcher here or there let's let him start this game and see if we can't get three innings out of him four innings out of him. we got middle relief guys we can bring in we got this guy we can pitch him for an inning we know he can go good for an inning but and it's that same way with Clemson, and Clemson's having to do it because of injury. Right. They're having to move the younger kids up, and that's and, and that's games tough. Too. Yeah. And that's t- especially when they start playing the the high quality teams that they're going to see. Now it might you might not see it against the Citadel or Furman or some of these others. Well, Furman don't even have a team anymore. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, Furman. They might be coming uh, back though. Yeah, we want them to come back. Uh, 
you know, some of these lesser teams, you might can get by with it. But when you start playing the North Carolinas and the Virginias of the world, the Wake Forest, that's going to be there. You're going to have to have your best guys. You're not going to beat them with your seconds and thirds. You're going to beat them with your ones. And you got to get them there. Get them healthy. He's talking about midweek. You don't watch a game tonight? I know you do because it's just, it's just one of your, it's your team. This is a game that comes on tonight on ESPN. It is the Campbell. What are they? Camels. 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 At Coastal. That's a 13 against a 17 team. That's a, that's a huge game. And like me and you talked about, Camel, they're kind of like an Erskine or whatever. Yeah. And to be ranked that high, that's your highest ranking ever. Uh, that's going to be a good game tonight. And uh, your pitcher, the one that you always talk about, Radakai, whatever it is, yeah. his name is, he's Another pitching for Coastal. Man. So it's yeah. going to be a good game tonight. If you're looking for something to do on Monday. <laughs> All right. I know where I'm going to be then. <laughs> yeah, see what Don't do it on my account. But <laughs> it's going to be it's a top 25 baseball it's game. It's a top 25 baseball team. Mm-hmm. And well, here locally, we had a lot of things that were going on. Uh, matter of fact, baseball took the series from um, Greenville. Greenville. Or yes. No, Georgia College. I'm sorry. Um, 6-4 was the win on Friday. Oh, you're talking about Lander. Yeah, Lander did. Okay. Uh, I'm where you are. I thought we'd done <laughs> jumping in that high school. I'm where you are. <laughs> but. No, uh, but, uh, yeah, a big win for them overall. That was at Dolney Stadium to go along with it. They had, uh, what, two RBI doubles from Lucas Marantario. Um, for you know, for the Bobcats uh, that were there, and and just one of those that you know, Georgia, Georgia College has been one of those too, or is it Georgia State? I can't remember which. Way. Probably Georgia State's got the better Georgia baseball State, team. Better baseball State. team, yeah. Um, that's up there, but they, you know, I mean, that's a big win for them. That improves uh, a little bit, uh, you know, and getting them back towards that five hundred uh, category. Because as of right now, they, you know, sitting at sixteen and twenty-two overall, eleven and ten in the Peach Bell Conference. So they're still on the winning side, but you want to get that record a little better. And it will. I, and here's the thing about them: in the past, it's been pitching too, and I, mm-hmm. the pitching's starting to get better. I don't know what they're doing, Coach Burke's doing over there, but the pitching's starting to get better. And yeah, you, you hope to see it. I mean, you're you're a game over five hundred in in the Peach Belt, and you know your usual suspect of play is going to be between the usuals, the Augusta States, the. Young Harris and, and your usual suspects, so we'll go yeah, from there. Good but, news, but. too. Lakeland's guy got the uh, win um, throwing 1.2 innings. That was Tyler Overholt. Yep. So, yep. And Lakeland's, uh, Lakeland's boy coming up with a big win. Well, let's let's hope the weather gets better for these guys. <laughs> they, these baseball players do not like playing in 45-degree weather with a 20-mile-an-hour wind. Sure they do. Uh, as long as it's blowing sure. out, we'll be good. <laughs> and aluminum bat, buddy. Like, you, remember the aluminum bat. <laughs> yeah, but that, it's still – You talk hard. about a sting. Yeah. <laughs> Go along with it. Um, by the way, Tyler was named the Peach Belt Conference Freshman of the yeah, Week. I saw that. Week, that was so huge. Huge win that for was him. big. And then uh, in track and field, uh, they had uh, another big uh, weekend overall, or I could say week overall when you look at it. Ashley Early and uh, Angeline Hyde both scored top eight finishes in the 400 meters. Um, Early ended up finishing fifth with a time of 102.45, and Haley finished seventh with a time of 104.40 to go along with it in track. Also, Regan Hunter placed seventh in the 100-meter dash with a time of 13.19. And, and our our schools, mm-hmm. Clemson, Carolina, for the first time ever, are both ranked in the top twenty in track and field at the same time. At the same time. Ooh. At the same time. 
Girls and guys. I didn't even see that one. Girls and guys. So they don't usually rank it. That's why track and field is not usually <laughs> ranked. Uh, well, I think it probably is, but it's always Arkansas number one. Yeah. I mean, they've won like the last six or seven national championships, <laughs> men's and women's. So. And Clemson's got a girl and a guy who's just dominating the hurdles. Yeah. I can't remember the names, but one is from Kenya. I will say that. <laughs> but, I mean, I, that's just amazing that you got both of those schools. And it, like we're talking about, we're in the Lakelands and we're talking about Lander. We're talking about Erskine doing whatever. That's amazing that we're competing on the same level as these bigger schools. That's crazy. <laughs> Lacrosse, every, you know, I mean, everything. Look, look at what the wrestling team did. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, finished number two in the nation. I mean, you can't. Now, yeah, it's in their division, but still, it's. They could have competed uh, in the division yeah, one category. Yeah, yeah. And done well. And that might be something they look at down the road. I don't so you, at mm-hmm. one point, do you take all the champions after a season and go one more weekend and just, you know, yeah, top three teams in each division? Yeah, I don't see why you call them. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I think that would be fun. I think that's what – I think us as fans are, well, are just for good sports. I think that's what we'd want to see. Kind of to get in another rabbit hole, but kind of <laughs> really what, – what, what are y'all's thoughts on this play a – Instead of having a spring game where you're beating up on each other, play an opponent in a spring game, like an in-state school. It See, doesn't count towards your schedule in the fall, but, you know, that would free up a game for you in the fall to bring in somebody else. You I know, know who you've been talking to. You can. <laughs> you and Shane Beamer have been talking. No, I'm all for it. I like the idea. I like the idea, too. I think you can – you match in-state schools. Now, you wouldn't play a Clemson-Carolina game in the spring. No, no, no. no. Not unless it, the SEC just got so big that that's the only time you could play it. But you you match, you know, you South coastal Carolina versus South Carolina. Yeah, you, you picked the team. You picked the team I was thinking. Yeah, a Coastal, a Furman, a Citadel, the Walford teams. South Carolina yeah. State. Ooh. Yeah. And, you know, you throw them in a hat and you just draw them out. And whoever Clemson get, Clemson get, Carolina gets the other one. And you hope that you can match up maybe a Walford against a Citadel or somebody that they didn't play, which is hard in state. But you could play, you know, bring a North Greenville in or, a, heaven forbid, Erskine. You know, they could go play they could Walford go play or – Anybody. The only, PC, the only you know, disadvantage I would see is like what Carolina and Clemson are doing now and having your number one quarterback on one team, yeah, your number two, two on another. Um, you know, two defense going against two offense, one going against one But defense. you could still do it. You could play your ones in the first half, twos in the second half straight. I mean, don't have ones and twos mixed. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, first team offense, you got the first quarter. Second-team offense, you got the second quarter. You could rotate it around enough to where you could see what you – and if you needed to mix, if you saw something with the ones, okay, well, maybe this number two guy, let's move him over here and with the ones and see how he fares. And you might find out that he's not a number one. He's still a number two. Uh, you could. There's ways to, to do it, I would think. It would be great for the schools, I would think. My only argument would be for, like, and like I said, I heard Beamer's presser. That's what his presser was on Wednesday or Thursday was wanting to do that. Let's say we do decide as a game cost. We go to Brooks this weekend for the spring game. 
So we're we're down. We're playing coastal in the spring game. You, you want to have your ones and twos, and, and the, who's going to follow the rules? Because coastal's going to be like, I'm whipping that butt. I'm not worried <laughs> I'm going about. At we're no going. These what, are the yeah. gamecocks, and they're coming to our house. Or we're going. We're out to win this game. It's Carolina's Beamer just really not really in to win it. They want to play well, but he wants to get what he wants out of his spring game. I think that'd be the only only bad take from it. I mean, well, he, and you and you can say that about the the lesser colleges, mm-hmm. but you know they may have the same kind of understanding that Beamer would have. I need to see every as many players that that I can in this game. It's it, and I'm playing quality competition, so I should get a better read. On what my ones can do, what it, my twos can do. Coastal's not a team we should talk about because they got a brand new coach. He's not want to. He's not going to want to see that. But no. let's say there might be a, somebody else. Um, I love the concept of it. I just don't. I don't know who you would get because, like I said, you wouldn't want a brand new coach because that's not, he's not going to want to do that. He's going to want to see what he's actually got for his team coming up. Beamer knows. Beaver knows we got Rattler and we got a couple other guys here and over here. Um, this new coach, he knows he's got Grayson McCall yeah. and he's got uh, Sam Pickney, by the way. Um, so that I'm all for it, though. I mean, let's work it into it. I, I'd much rather go to Columbia and instead of watching our team play each other, actually have a game. Yeah, uh, it's going to fall back in the category. You got another game basically added to your schedule that they don't want to have anyway. Well, well, and and you don't have to really keep score. Of full, course, full score. You don't have yeah. to go full full blast game. Um, yeah, the atmosphere is going to be there, and you can change the rules a little bit if you need to, like no kickoffs, you know, or. It, you know, no. You can't rush the. You can't rush the court or, or punt. You, you, you know, you leave Kai Kirk alone, buddy. You know, you leave. <laughs> you know, you, if you're trying to field goal, it's got to be from this distance to that distance. Otherwise, the other team, you don't even have to punt the ball. You can just say, "I'll let to take the ball on the 25." There's things you can do to kind of slow the game down, let you see your people, but at the same time. And you might punt the ball, but just say no returns. And that way you see your people going down the field. You see how they're setting their blocks. You see if the guy can catch the ball, if he can judge the ball. <laughs> you know, how well do we punt the ball? I mean, there's a lot of different things you could throw in there. And, you know, you could say no blitz packages at all. Mm-hmm. You and you're going to have that anyway because you're not going yeah. you're really not going to blitz in the spring game anyway. Yeah. Make it a little fairer and, and actually have Division One versus Division One, you know, from other you conferences. Yeah. You That's could. what I was going to ask you. B-Rad's going to break the tiebreaker here between me and you. B-Rad, Clemson spring game, Michigan's coming to town. You good with that? Okay. Instead of Furman coming to town, you're good with Michigan. Instead of, like, we're talking about Carolina and Coastal. I don't want to play Coastal in golf, much less <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> but uh, that was what he was wanting to know. Instead of just having a spring game in, you go up for the pizza party on Sunday, uh, have a couple cold beverages and sit up there and watch us beat each other. Let's let's bring a Michigan in, somebody you don't normally play from another conference, Southern Cal no, for well, us. Well, I would rather <laughs> bring that team in during regular season. When it's going to count. Well, it gets to that, though. That's what I'm saying. You do it yeah, the one year, yeah, yeah. and Harbaugh loses at Clemson. Oh, he's going to want to come back and play him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you don't keep scoring the spring game, which you're not really going to yeah. keep, that's, that may lead to what you're talking about. It may get you that 
home and home against a team like a Michigan that ain't. If it's Harbaugh, I hope nobody here's a Michigan fan because he ain't coming. His, his ass ain't coming there to play nobody that's worth a darn. He's going to play Tulane and the rest of those teams up there toward Michigan. He ain't coming down here to play no real football. Well, I think what this would be. You like a Michigan fan? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, that's even better. <laughs> you don't like Harbor either. I love it. But, you know, I, I, I can see it where it, this is going to help make teams like Alabama that play more little sisters of the poor. Than you don't think play. Saban's going to allow this, do you? No, I don't think Saban <laughs> That's your vote right Saban there. Saban would not want it. When King Saban speaks. Because that's going to open up a game during regular season, and he's going to have to schedule somebody. That is a legit Division One team to come in, a Michigan or a Michigan State or mm-hmm. Ohio State or App State whoever. or Georgia State. Or yeah, somebody. anybody <laughs> other than one of these little sisters, you know, like West Monroe, Louisiana University. Let me talk about I mean, Louisiana like that. No, but yeah, well, I mean, I'm just. It works know in what baseball. Think about yeah, baseball. Yeah. I remember going to Florida, what, four or five years ago, Michigan State sitting right there. Michigan State baseball came in here because it was snow all over the ground up there. They came and played Furman. It was three great baseball games, and that helped both teams tremendously. Yeah. And then, of course, like he said, then Furman had to pull the team. But um, I think it would work great. I just don't. What do you want to call him, the czar? Is he the czar of college football and Nick Saban? I mean, if he don't like something, if he don't like it, that's what I'm saying. If he don't want it, it ain't going to happen. So we need to figure out what Saban wants. Now, he might want to play. Well, I think try to change his mind some way or another. I think that's him calling Stan. Yeah, that might (laughs) be. Get him out there have a hole. Or that's Harbaugh. I gotcha. All right, uh, continuing on and around here. Uh, last Thursday, the Wildcats ended up with a big win against Abbeville in five innings. 11-1, to they end up winning. Uh, Alan Shea pitched five innings. He led the Wildcats two uh, runs, a uh, home run as well. He got the Wildcats fired up uh, in the process. Bailey Hayes made an outstanding catch in left field, robbing Abbeville of a home run in that one. That was probably the highlight, the ESPN highlight of the day. And then uh, Varsity Lady Cats soccer, they defeated Abbeville 7-0 on Thursday. Caitlin um, Andre and Sierra Manning each had three goals. Sophia Simani ended up scoring one goal as well. And in softball, the Lady Cats, they lost Abbeville 8-4. Boys soccer lost Abbeville 4-2. So there you have the rundown of cross-team But rivals. they got the other one. They got the other one. They got the big one. They got the big one. They got the baseball. And <laughs> And there wasn't a lot going on with the way the weather was, all kinds of stuff. There wasn't Crazy. really a lot happening. But uh, the Greenwood golf team, they ended up going down to the grandstand. I'm surprised Stan didn't see them down there. 54-hole tournament uh, in this year uh, against a field of teams from all across the country. They had, like, I don't know, a bazillion teams that were down there. It seemed I think they had 52 teams, 51 teams. What course they play? If I saw. Um, Multiple. <laughs> Punch. Uh, I do not know what uh, what course they were. It on. probably was Myrtlewood or somewhere. It's all good. Go ahead. Yeah, it's somewhere <laughs> down there. But uh, each player. Uh, had a lot of momentum, showed a lot of promise that went down there. Junior Josh Brown shot an 81 the first day, 83 the second, and a 73 on the third day, according his best overall score um, while he was down there. And that was, uh, they do say, it's at the uh, Caledina Golf and Fish Club. That's, that's where new, I would that's be. A, that's yeah. one of the yeah. newer ones, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the one, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's, that's the, the new one, one out toward uh, – it's out there off the, off the Waccamaw River out. 
I don't know how to, how to explain it. Off it. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's more out toward uh, Loris, Aner, out kind of that direction. Yeah. Others, though, having a great get match. Uh, Adam Knox, 78, 82, and 78. Jalen Fisher, 79, 81, 78. Uh, Cameron Addis, 82, 79, 82. So uh, they, were, they remained consistent throughout the entire uh, uh, weekend as well. And the Eagles, they'll be back in action, back uh, against crosstown rival Emerald at the Greenwood Country Club tomorrow. Be crowded over Should there. Should be fun. Well, I can't say. Well, I may not have seen the Greenwood High golf team. But I think every softball team and every baseball team in the nation was down there this weekend. And you could prove it by going to any restaurant or getting on any road close to any ballpark. Yeah. Because the lights were on and they were playing. <laughs> Greenwood High, by the way, finished uh, 29th overall. AC Flora won the tournament to go along with it. But they had a bunch of Georgia teams, North Carolina teams, all involved in that tournament. I still look at showing down there. Because, like I said, you go down to the coast and you throw 70s out there like these kids are doing. That's that's solid golf for a high school golfer. Yeah. Let's just say that. And then the big news is coming out as far as uh, in and around the Lakelands as high school sports go. The South Carolina Football Hall of Fame went ahead and announced yesterday, uh, well, actually it was Saturday, they announced that the 2023 Bridge Builder Excellence Award finalists and the nominees. Um, and guess what? Jalen Foster of Emerald, yes. who is going to Georgia State University, yep. is one of the finalists. One of the ten finalists. So he joins uh, the likes of like Tyler Brown and Mazeo Bennett, both from Greenville. Josh Daniels from West Florence. Uh, Blake Franks from Greenville. Ricardo Jones from Silver Bluff. Um, Scott Sayers from Carolina Forest. Uh, Lenora Sellers. Um, from South Lawrence, Florence yep. as well. Uh, Brooklyn Casey's Tanner Stanton. And from Dorman, Will White. Yeah. I mean, you could think about that. Franks and Mazio Bennett are at Carolina now. And then you got, like you say, the other kids going to Coastal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Tyler Brown, who we, we call those, those those two receivers, Brown and Mazio Bennett. They no, were Greenville. They were. That's yeah. right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So here. they were. <laughs> They were big. Also from uh, Greenwood that got nominated but wasn't chosen one of the ten finals from Greenwood Christian was Nate Rooney. Of course. So you throw him in the mix uh, as being one of the better ones that are in there uh, joining him. But there was a list of about uh, 60 folks. It was a bunch. There were a bunch. I mean, you look down this list, uh, there's a bunch. Like I said, you scroll through the page three times to see who they really are, and you write it down, and you see, why is Lenore still at the bottom of that list? I mean, <laughs> surely it's not because. No, it's just where he's. But, it, you know, the, the award criteria is huge. You, you know, football excellence, of course, that counts for about 40%, so almost half. But then you got the academics where it's 30% of the award criteria, so you got to have a minimum 3.2 core GPA to go along with that. And then another 30%, the last 30%, uh, exemplary school character, community citizenship, and, of course, leadership to go along with that. So they're placing a high value on not only what you're doing on the field, what you're doing in school, and along with that, what you're doing in your community. And that's a testament to Jalen Foster there because you know he's done all three up here at Emerald. So that's big for him to be GPA and do, you know, because he is the leader of that team. Feels like he's been there a long time. He is the leader of that team. <laughs> and he's been there 110 years or something. He's been there a long that time. That was Tetson Bennett, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who, by the way, did you see he got to throw out the, the baseball? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, saw one that. Of the, uh, the I, I was going to be ugly. I said he probably had to have a drink before he threw it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he might have got arrested if he did that. But, uh, no. Um, Moving on right, <laughs> right along. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play this for you, and then we're going to get into the Masters. There's a minor league team up in um, 
West Michigan, the West Michigan University, or not university, but West Michigan uh, single A baseball team. They're called the Michigan Whitecappers, and their announcer is uh, Dan Hasty, and he had a little bit of fun, <laughs> I should say. Um, uh, calling a, a play in one of the innings um, along with the Masters going on at the same time and, and what was happening with that. So I would play a little bit of this and let you hear it. He, he only did it for about one batter, but uh, it's quite comical, and then we'll get into the Masters portion of it here. Hello, friends. <laughs> a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Comstock Park. This is inning number seven. Still in the front nine, if you will. Eric Pinales hails from San Cristobal. It's about 30 kilometers from Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. Right now looking at a pitch from about 60 feet, six inches. No idea how that one stayed out. He struggled a lot in 2022 with his control. A fine hit, deep to left center. Off the wall. Lucas Dunn into second base. Exquisite. A one-out double here in the seventh. An excellent approach to that hit. Patient able to line it up, deposit it into left center field. Got it into the short grass out there. <laughs> so they have a little bit after that, they went back to normal. But do you, can you imagine if you called baseball that way with Jim Nance and just how boring it would be at that particular time? I'm glad they call it the way they do. Be right. Yeah. Green football is putting the change. There's your play-by-play. -play, but that color guy, he's going to be uh, – it's going to get a little bit light after this year, but <laughs> he steps on the center. He takes the snap. <laughs> We're going to do it like at Jim Nance at the Masters this year for Greenwood football, so if you listen. Uh, oh, I don't think so, a three-hour three game just turned into a six-hour yeah, game. Dan, Dan Hastings, though, from That's the good. Uh, Michigan Whitecaps, I thought it was quite See, comical that he the, had a little bit. And the Rupert, I mean, uh, excuse me, the Green jacket, Jackets missed out because that would be perfect for them to do yeah. at their opening mm -hmm. game because, I mean, they play them the week of the Masters, which is crazy when it ends up. But anyway, that was funny day. <laughs> I will, I, I will incorporate that in one game, I can tell you. I'm going to figure <laughs> out what game we do it. <laughs> Probably the Sandy Springs game. When, uh, we'll see when that what happens, if it gets out of hand or not. It might get out of hand. All right, well, we're taking on the Masters. Uh, a great weekend outside of Saturday and every, all the chaos that happened there with the trees falling down, the cold and the wind and the rain and everything else. But John Rahm remained constant through all four rounds. Which, you know, and he improved on all four rounds. Now, granted, it started out shaky with a double bogey, but after that, uh, he did very well. Didn't let anything bug him outside of maybe, you know, getting a little hunger here and there. Uh, and he hot dogs on the way to, to the next hole and things of that nature. But um, ends up shooting 12 under par, 3.2 mil to go along with it. So he's he's well set for, uh, what, the next two, year, three years. They find his sponsor pays him that. So, yeah. It just just a great show. And now, give me your master story real quick. Because, you know, I 
I was hard on Phil and the live guys on Thursday. I I was. I wasn't sure they could play 18 holes. I mean, you know, I was figuring the 72 the holes, holes yeah. and I think in a way it did hurt Bruce Kepper in the end because he's not used to having to go out and play by himself. Not only that, instead of 56 holes, they played 72. But you had a master storage that's pretty cool, and it kind of – it rang me back into that Phil is a really good guy and he's good with, with fans and kids and your story would be. Yeah, it, we had a, a, one of the female doctors that works with my wife. She took her son down um, down to the Masters and he wanted to get a fist bump from Phil. So he went up there to give him a fist bump and Phil pulled out of his pocket the golf ball he'd been using and handed it to him as he was getting ready to uh, go to the next hole. And it, like I said, that kind of changed it for me. Though I here's we're not getting into live golf because I'm I'm never I'm never going to follow it. But it's good to see that some of the players because I told you on Thursday watching it that he seemed to have an arrogance on the tee box on the greens, and at least when it was time for a kid to come up that's going to make a memorable moment, he acted like a yeah. decent dude. And I, and I'll give Phil credit because of all the live golfers, he'd be the last one I thought could have played 72 holes, and he did. And he played really well. He finished his tie for two. Um, and and that's, that's big. I mean, mm-hmm. and just thinking of money that, like I said, that Brooks lost <laughs> just because of <laughs> – and I really think that came down to match play. Um, I think he was intimidated by Rom. I really do, I, from the get-go, because he kept pulling it left uh, from the first tee. Can you can I hit it better than you? And I mean, He yeah. had chances because Rom, I think, at times played the same way. that they All they had to do was play each other, and they let everybody in the field back into it. Guys like Mixlin and, and Spieth that posted early, they were loving it. They were like, y'all keep going head-to-head, head-to-head. Tee shot for tee shot, green to green. And I mean, you're right, Rom played a little bit better. And I think overall – as good a shape as Brooks Kepka is, the muscle the muscle man just kind of ran out of energy and hit a couple of bad shots, wayward shots, and it was just. Let me ask you a question: Do you believe Do you believe in what they call fate and numbers? Reason I'm asking you is because this would have this was Sebi's birthday for one. Um, when they got there, Rom's caddy drew the number of whatever forty. I don't remember. Was it forty nine? I can't remember something like that. Which ends up the last time that Sebi won it, he was forty nine years old. I mean, everything was with the Spanish thing tying into Sebi, and his birthday was yesterday. So Ron was emotional, of course, because of that. But I just wondered if you believed in like numerology or whatever you want to call it. We'll call it numerology. <laughs> I believe in you, the fate of the gods of, of, the, of the numbers. Yeah. Uh, because, like you said, it was from the get go. That's what they taught about the whole day. But if you didn't get a chance to watch it. One of the class acts was Tom Waskoff. And before the Masters on Sunday, they did the little tribute to him. Mm-hmm. That was a cool tribute, and I'm glad. And that, that's what makes Jim Nance. Now, the baseball guy's good. I like that. That was pretty good. There you know, the Jim Nance out there. And Jim worked with, with Waskoff. And this guy went from being the architect, the former guy pro that never he – was, he was Phil Mickelson because he never could beat Tiger. He couldn't beat mm-hmm. Jack. They went to the same college at Ohio State, and he never could beat Jack Nicholas. and that's what Wisecoff became, the Phil Mickelson of the Tiger Woods era. But yet he didn't let that bother him. He didn't win the big money, but he went out, he got an architectural degree, and he's got 800 golf courses under his belt now that he's deceased. But he died last year, and I think that was a really good tribute for him because he was a class act. He might finish second or third, but, I mean, he, he never – he never once looked at Jack and said, I'm going to you know, knock the smile off your face or nothing like that. <laughs> and, I mean, he just a class act all the way to his death. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way to his death. I mean, last person he called, they were giving him – I don't think it was morphine they were giving him, but something to ease his pain or relax him. And he called Jack, and Jack said, I thought he had been drinking because he, he, was, he was getting into the final state. 
mm-hmm. before he died. He said, man, I'll never forget that conversation. He's like, why did you never let me win? <laughs> and Jack broke down, and he said, man, I, I don't let anybody win. <laughs> But I, I just thought I was, that was probably one of the better parts of yesterday's show, and it came on before the, the thing started. Everybody now wants to know about a – there is a clock in golf, by the way. There is a clock. And if you don't, you know, you get penalized. That was the argument about – what was the group that was two holes ahead of Ron? That was uh, Havland and Hovland, that yeah. group uh, that was up there. Scheffler was up and there. And they were warned. They were warned. But, I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you something. It's a severe penalty if they're, if they're penalized. It's a stroke for every player in that group. Can you imagine in, in the, the final round of the Masters, if you get that stroke penalty, you might as well just go on and just go to clubhouse because that's probably the stroke you're not going to be able to lose. It's going to drop you out of some money. And that's what a severe penalty is. What's the penalty in baseball for the clock thing? Uh, strike if it's strike. a yeah ball or strike. If a strike if you're a batter, it's a ball if you're a pitcher. pitcher. Okay, that's not too bad. We got to come up with some better. Like you say, if you take it as a, as a batter, you're out. <laughs> you know, something <laughs> severe. Well, and that's just it. You're not in the you're not in the batter's <laughs> box. You take a strike, and it's strike three, and yeah. you're. I mean, you didn't you you throw a pitch. Yeah, I just but like I said, in golf is different because it, it could really cost you money in golf. So. Well, back to Augusta Nash. Yeah, but uh, the, the players I liked watching that were there, Jordan Spieth for one, and then Patrick Reed. Those were the two players that I really enjoyed watching play, um, particularly on Thursday and Friday and then again on Sunday. Saturday, I don't know what was happening. <laughs> Whoever was on the course, and you just couldn't tell one way or another. Everybody looked bad. But for the most part, Jordan Spieth could not get a birdie at all in the front nine as of yesterday, comes back at the end of it, ends up with three birdies in the process to finish at seven under. But he was in the fairway all day long. I mean, perfect shots, nice shots, and just frustrated with the short game. I don't think Kepka had a birdie yesterday. Yeah. I don't think he had a birdie at all yesterday. Um, Pat Reed, I mean, Patrick Reed's a funny story because I, if you, you remember when he first started, his caddy? His caddy was his wife. And uh, he said, you know what? After that first year on tour, he said, I was one of two things. I was either going to get a divorce for having my wife as a caddy or else I, I was just going to quit golf because he said every putt I lined up and I looked at, she's like, you know, that's $30,000. <laughs> if you don't make that putt, you know, that's $30,000. And he, he's a funny dude. Like I said, he crossed the line. He's a lib guy now. And I, I still love his he, he, former winners of Augusta. I don't care how old you are. You can be 90. Mm-hmm. I love Fred Couples, by the way. And, and what he did was I, that won't be topped again. Cause I don't think of a guy out there other than a Tiger Woods that could do it. The 73 years old and make the cut. And I maybe we're looking at a Tiger. We don't know how many more years he's going to play this thing. And if he does, it might just be Thursday. If I can do it, hit a good score on Thursday, I may play Friday. Um, he's not going to play in this thing. Uh, more Rory McIlroy, by the way, just uh, withdrew from the heritage in Hilton Head. So that kind of hurts because he's a former winner. Uh, so we got injuries everywhere. Your boy's out There's for the rest a, of the yeah, season. Yeah. Will Zalatoris is out for the rest we of the year. We had a back surgery yesterday, yep. so he's uh, done That's severe season. when you got a 20-something-year-old that's got to have back surgery at his age. And it can't be weight. We know it can't be weight. I thought he couldn't find a belt to hold up his 28-inch waist. but um, And the wind would have blown his pants <laughs> off walking the course. But, yeah, it's just tough for Will Zalatoris. But you're right, though. There were guys – I mean, the former guys like Phil – I, if you here's the thing, if you'd have bet me that Phil would have shot what he shot, I, I'd have took it all day long because I was going to say, nah, he's been playing team off. 
they don't play but 56 holes. There's no way this guy can – because he was the one you, you worry about. Guys like Phil, at his age, like Tiger, um, and just not being able to complete. And he had a heck of a time yesterday. He was chewing that gum again. He was the old Phil again. He was fist bumping, like you mm-hmm. say. He was, you know, he was happy to be there. And that, that did good for me because I really think when, you know, when they were, they did, they, they all went to the live. I, I thought they just turned their back on tour. But that's the one tournament I'm telling you that – they can't. They they will be back for that one. They not. They love it. And Sam, well, well, go ahead. Well, kind of going along. I like to look at when I look when I'm looking at the Masters. I like to keep track of the amateurs, because you know, Sam. yeah, you get these guys that have played on the put tour for years, and you know who they are. You know what money they made, what tournaments they've won. They've been in that spotlight before, and then all of a sudden. Augusta National, can you imagine being, say, a sophomore in college? You're a fairly decent college golfer, and all of a sudden you go to your mailbox and there's an invitation for you to come play the Masters. And then, and then you know, you, you, you want to go. You got to go. I mean, there's, you don't turn them down. Those are one people in your life that you don't say no to. You get out there, and all of a sudden you've never been – on a golf course like that with the pageantry and everything that surrounds it. How am I going to play? You know, what are my goals? What, you know, do I say, okay, we got, I just want to make the cut. Please, Lord, just let me make the cut. You know, and you make the cut. And then you say, well, I'm only six, eight strokes back. Can I make that up in two days? Well, if I can do this on this hole, do that, I might can get up there. But then all of a sudden you look up there on Sunday and you're sitting, oh, I'm in third place. I could win this thing. Then where do you go? <laughs> you know, and, then uh, you, and then your game starts going backwards. You and, know? and I think that's what happened to Sam Bennett on on Saturday with that well, third I think round. Saturday, I think Saturday hurt a lot of the golfers. Uh, and I think it affected Tiger having to play so many holes in one day. If it would have been the normal play this, play 18, play 18, play 18, play 18, I think you would have seen, number one, I think Tiger probably would have been able to finish. Uh, but having to he play that many team. holes on that bad a leg and that bad a foot, it just took its toll on him. Yeah. But Sam uh, Bennett, amateur-wise, I mean, you find yourself, what, in, in – Second place, I think it was. He found himself in Saturday or Friday night after the cut. Um, and then you got to play with with John Ron Rom Brooks. and Brooks. <laughs> yeah. and, and all of a sudden you're sitting here and you're saying, this guy's number two in the world. This guy's number four in the world. And I'm just, you know, piddly. I'm just a peon. I hadn't, I hadn't even graduated <laughs> college yet. And, and, and here I am. Okay. Well, I th- now I, let's see what I can learn from these guys over the next 18. Yeah. And I think that's where he benefited from playing with uh, – Fayou and 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 Scheffler in that first in the that first pairing on on Thursday and Friday, um, I think they helped him. They you know he watched what they were doing, what was going on. All of a sudden, now you've got two guys that play two totally different games. Which one are you going to follow? Yeah. Um, and we saw it. We saw two birdies or two uh, uh, bogeys early yeah. in that one for Sam. But then S- Sunday comes, and he's right back to form. Ends up finishing tied for sixteenth at two under, but. For the most part, uh, he I think he handled the the pomp and circumstance and the off factor very well. I, he impressed me. I mean, he impressed as, me. as an amateur, you finished 16th. As an amateur, 
how many golfers have played that golf course and have yet to play, finish 16th? There's a bunch. You know, I mean, that, this guy's got something to kind of hang his hat on. Well, he didn't get the $261,000 for finishing time for 16th, but he probably got more than that in NIL money when he got back to Texas on Sunday. Can well, you imagine and, him at A&M walking around well, Aggie Lounge? And, 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 his, <laughs> and now his name is circled mm-hmm. so that when he does get out, now he's still got to qualify and get his PGA card and all that surrounds that, but he's got the knowledge in the back of his head that, I can play with the best twenty-five golfers on the, on the, the hardest world. course in the, yeah. and and on the biggest stage. I can do it. Um, so he, he in a couple of years he may be. We may be talking about him being. By the way, up he's at the, the number one spot. Yeah, he's the only amateur that made the cut. By the way, so he was. And you picked it. You called him. I I had never, to be honest with you, and Stan is because I'm not an SEC guy. But I, that's the reason I hadn't thought about Sam Bennett. But here's the thing about Bennett. I don't think it's going to be that long before you see him again. He could he could go to Hilton Head today because finishing where he finished, Finch, yeah. he got an invite to Hilton Head. All he's got to do is declare today. If he declared today, he could play in that tournament, and that money that he didn't get to have for that Masters win, he could declare, and he could basically he could still stay in school, not play golf in college, but he could stay in school and play on the tour. They're saying now that they think it'll be um, – the tournament in Dallas that he's going to turn pro, but they say he's going to turn pro this year. You'll see him this summer, and he's just going to go ahead and give up his collegiate career because he knows that he's at that pedestal right there that he can go, and it's his time to play, and he wants to play with the best. And, he, you know, he they, they've already won a championship in golf, right? Uh, Didn't they win two was, years ago? I think they won two been, years ago at A&M. Uh, I think they beat Arkansas to get to the finals, and uh, that was at Bandon Dunes, which is a very tough golf course. In Oregon, but <laughs> I, I think you'll see him sooner rather than later. I wouldn't want to play uh, the the Aggies right now until he does come out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he's going to have a lot of stories to tell in the process of all that. Uh, Sandy Lyle uh, ended up finishing. Larry Mize, both mm-hmm. of them uh, ended up finishing their careers. They did make the cut. Um, Mize finished at 15 over. Lyle finished at 20 over in the process of all of this. But those guys, um, you go back 20 years ago, and they were at the top of the leaderboard every single time. Yeah. Sandy Lyle was one of those that, that won kind of the – he upset. I don't remember who he beat. It may have been Greg Norman that he upset to win that thing. And, he, you know, Mize was the same way because Mize chipped in, mm-hmm. you know, to beat Norman and Sebby. In the playoff, and that's why he got his. But those, and you know, the thing about Miles, he's a local guy, he's an Augusta guy, so that was big for him. And I look for him to maybe give him some kind of a ambassador role with Augusta National, so that he'll be he's going to be there anyway as as a patron or as a, give him an ambassador role. Um, but then, you know, I thought it was cool Thursday to see the Black Knight, you know, tee off with Jack and and you know, you talk about Gary, you know, Gary Palmer and I mean, uh, Gary Player, and we know now how he stays in great shape. And um, I'm going to put that in my routine. What you and I talked about, I'm going to take them ice baths every morning. If it makes me feel that dag playing good, oh yeah, I'll be ice bathing. Start and start with 30 seconds of cold water <laughs> to end your shower and see how that goes. Not at the beginning, at the end of the at shower. The of the <laughs> we don't want to do polar plunge this year, and y'all wouldn't do it with me at the lake. Uh, hey, I, I've done that, been there. Oh, I've done that a bunch. I, I did that in Lake Michigan up in Chicago. I'm not doing it I love it the polar plunge, man. We did it playing <laughs> softball. It's fun times. Clyde. Mm, he needs to do the polar plunge. We're going to do polar plunge. Yeah. Jump in the lake in the cold. 
Uh, the, you can't uh, swim, you hear that? Yeah, but uh, Freddie Couples, too, speaking of all guys that are doing very well, he tied for 50th uh, with the nine over in the process, but um, he was hitting it phenomenal. He played so good yesterday. I just, I, I'm just one of those guys I hadn't made that. I think when I do go, I'm not going to play the yellow golf ball. I'm going to get me the pink one or the purple one and play it. And so the He's white the only golf one ball. That- uh, well, <laughs> Bubba Watson plays the yellow, too, but I mean, it, it's, I'm going to go with the pink. I think that'd be better or blue. Something like that. But, yeah, Freddie did something. That's what we were talking about earlier. Freddie did something that I don't think you'll see anybody break for a long time unless it's a Tiger Woods to to qualify it at that age. Yeah, but 71, 74, 76, 76, I mean. That's consistency. Yeah. That's and at 76 on a Sunday, he didn't shoot that when he won. <laughs> Way back when. So, Freddie's just a cool dude. Like I said, next year we're going to do some different podcasts because I'm going to go to Ron Hart's on Tuesday, let y'all see Sam and Fuzzy Zeller and Ben Crenshaw and the rest of that crowd. And uh, we'll do some different things. We didn't get down this year, but we're going to go. We're going. I'm continuing to work on this ladies' amateur thing for next year. Uh, me and the guy had an argument that day, but we, we're going to work it out. <laughs> it's, it's, and finally, as far as changes right now at Augusta National, you say changes for, worked out fairly well? Yeah. Yeah, that they made. Yeah, lengthening I mean, that eleventh hole or seventh hole. Well, there again, you gotta you gotta buy that property first. Um, I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I think we're getting to a point in pro golf, and I'm gonna say pro golf. I'm not gonna say PGA because you do have a split level right there. It's live and, and PGA, and everybody wants to throw it together and make them like enemies. And I don't want to do that because those guys are phenomenal golfers. DJ, who used to be one of my favorite golfers, I mean, from from down the beach, and his brother Austin, they, I think he's going to come down to that. And there's one thing that could could eventually break this tour up, and it's Augusta National, because it could come into a split to where like they're arguing now about well, CBS didn't interview Phil, but they interviewed CBS and, and Augusta National aren't going to tolerate crap like this from Live Tour. You may see it come down to lawsuits to where you know what. Um, Fred Ridley's the guy, the, the yeah. commissioner now. It used to be from the county bank that had yeah. it. Yeah. You might see it where they don't invite these guys. Phil Mickelson not getting an invitation because he is on that tour. Whether he's earned it or not, Stan, well, whether what, he's earned it or not, well, they what, don't have to invite him. They, well, well, the ones Ron just walked in, by the way. Ron walked in. <laughs> traditionally, former winners get invited back. So you got to look at who's playing on the live tour and say, okay, we've only got two. Three. I'm just throwing numbers out. It was six, I think, because you had three finishes. Okay. Top Those may be the only six that get invited. I agree with that, but and, and Augusta National could stand behind it, and they've got the history to back it up if they decided to go to a lawsuit. And well, that was that's the Augusta one group that National, can change. Right, Augusta National can say, "This is my tournament. It's always been my tournament, and it's a PGA. We got event. nothing to do with the PGA." Yep. We allow the PGA to come play in our tournament. It could. That could we happen. can invite any. We can say, we don't want you, PGA. We want to live to. <laughs> it could happen that way. And, you know, the Saudis got enough money to, you know, Augusta National say, well, you give me $3 billion, I'll let you play a tournament over here. <laughs> well, at what and, point and you, yeah, the, know, the, yeah. the media plays somewhat of a role yeah. in all of this, and I, I and I blame a lot of it on them because they're they, putting them back and forth. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're playing they're playing them against each other, and and I like Augusta National saying, "Hey, we're not going to tolerate yeah. any of that," and they didn't take any of the 
the the BS from from yeah. Rory. They didn't. They definitely didn't take any from um, uh, what's his name. They might not even inviting him. No, oh, Greg Norman. Greg Norman might not even inviting him for it. So, um, and and we saw where you know Phil Mickelson took the high road. He didn't say anything. He kept pretty quiet during the championship dinner, for the most part, practically on the field um, to go along with it. And I think the PGA players did the same thing. Uh, you know. They're friends they are. first and foremost. Yeah. And that's and the key to it. They're friends. That's what's made the big difference. And the riff is between, you know, a few real – just a few players. It's not a lot. I don't know if it's so much the players as, as it is the – what for lack of a better word, the executives yeah. at the PGA saying, if you do this, you know, they think they're greater than the man above. And they're saying – you go do that, you're not doing this. Hey, Augusta National just said, well, we can invite him if we want to, whether <laughs> Look, you like it or not. Here's the thing about Augusta that I like. I never thought I'd see Augusta do a, a tournament without commercial, but I did, and that yeah. told me right then and there, whatever this course wants to do, they got the money to do it. Do it. Yeah. You can keep see, uh, Anheuser, the rest of these cats out there if you don't want them doing your tournament. And I can see it, I'm telling you, I can see it coming down to a factor where you want to continue to do your thing, you're right. The Saudis got plenty of money. Build you an Augusta National over in Saudi Arabia. But you're not going to bring it into here. And like I said, that was the first step was Greg Norman not getting invited. Second time, Greg Norman's had a snub. You know when the first one was? Last year's British Open, US, uh, British Open Championship, whatever you want to call it now. Um, they went right ahead and said, you know what? You want to play live tour? You're not coming over here. And you may live here. Yeah. You know, but but we're just – it's our tournament. And we don't agree with what you did. And, I mean, I hate it comes down to that. I mean, because like I said – I, I don't like Phil. You asked Willie. I don't like Phil anymore, but I think Phil's still a class act. He's still a heck of a golfer. Mm-hmm. And these guys are good. The argument between me and this other guy that I told you about mm-hmm. from out, from down, this Alive guy, is the fact that he says we call them has-beens. They're not has-beens. they sellouts. I don't mix words about it. They're sellouts to me. I agree with saying. If I get offered $100 million, who knows? I'm leaving Troy. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't necessarily I'd leave Troy anyway, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, none of these guys needed the money. It was a matter of they weren't getting the terms they wanted to play on. Phil was talking about how tired he is after playing 72 holes. Greg Norman says, hey, we'll start some up. You only play how many ever holes? You don't have to play but three rounds instead of four rounds. You play as a team. Well, and yeah. that that's where Tiger Woods, who is it the would benefit Saban, him. Um, as far as getting a golf cart that is out there with his knee as of right now, it, could we see that here in the next two years as a possibility um, for him to continue on having that golf cart on there? Is the PGA willing to make that change? So far, they have. It would be Tiger answer. Woods that would do it. It, it would, would be, be the one that because Casey an Martin he did get one. He gave up professional golf to be the golf coach at Oregon now, yeah. and you know he had an actual. He actually had a medical condition that said he couldn't walk a course. Yeah, great player. Played at the Hooters thing down here in, in McCormick when it was at Monticello. He had a cart in the, when he played on that Hooters Nike tour, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think I think if you have a condition, you should be allowed. Because you're like me and John Daly and you're overweight because you drink a 1,000 beers. Sorry, John, just keep putting it at Hooters, you know, out there in front of Hooters. And, and, and I'm glad Willie's here because Willie got to meet one of his heroes and John. And uh, they got to shake hands and take a picture together. And hey, Did you live up to your expectation, Willie? And he's drinking non-alcoholic beers, so he got a new sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably because his cancer doctor told him you need to cut that out. 
<laughs> Come along with it. All right, it's always a pleasure having you along with us. We're at Howard's on Main. Come by and see Howard and his staff, B-Rad, getting ready for the happy hour. Come by and join them. We'll see you on Thursday as we get ready to talk spring games here. He's Dan Spivey. That's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. Willie in the house. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.